0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, what a song. I love that song. Thank you, Larry. That is just, I appreciate you agreeing with that. That is a great, great song. All right, if children are dismissed, to head back to Children's Chapel with Mr. Travis and Miss Heather as they are going to be teaching today. Thank you so much. And uh, great to see all the the kids in, in the sanctuary as well. Uh, Let's, if you have your Bible, let's say our Bible decree together. And if you do have your Bible, let's just hold it up higher, your iPhone or your iPad. Come on, you're used to having your iPhone in your hand. I know how you are. Yeah, let's say this together. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen and amen. Last week, as we were speaking on breaking out of prison, you know, we we went through uh, some areas of our life of, you know, acknowledging that we've lived a life of defeat. We've lived a life of mediocrity. Many of us have uh, lived a life where we feel so somewhat like I have failed and I just can't make it any longer. My personal life is just Terrible. Well, church, I'm here to encourage you today that you can rise above that. You will become better. You don't have to stay bitter. Jesus Christ said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus Christ came so that each and every one of us can experience Him in His fullness. Where we have lacked in our life and in our walk, is that we don't believe that we serve a Savior that gives us hope. And today you came to church just as you are. Hi, my name is Todd. My last name is Tackett. I was saved at 9. I was baptized at 13. I was called to preach at the age of 15 years of age. I am married to a beautiful woman with four beautiful daughters. And I'm excited to say that... uh, The gray hair is coming back on my face and in my life because I will be a granddaddy. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I didn't say anything I knew about it, but I'm going to make this announcement. This is my church family. And... Megan's not here. And where's my son-in-law? He's up there. Congratulations, son-in-law. And uh, so we don't know what God's going to give us. But can you imagine if the tack at home has a little grand dude? That's what I call him. I've never had a grand dude in the house. I've never had a dude in the house. That's why I love having these son-in-laws. We love being together. And uh, they're great friends of mine. And it truly is a joy. You know, you don't realize how precious life is, and how quickly it comes and goes. And how quickly our children, once they get older, you know, they, they start their own life. And then you enter into this, this new chapter of your life. So, you know, even though I'm praying, we don't know what God's going to give us, but I love saying grand dude. Now, I have to come up with something for granddaughter, but uh, so that will come, but I, I just think it's cool. I said to Travis, I said, man. You know, if I end up getting a grand dude, he's going to have cool hair just like his dad. And I said, one thing about my son-in-laws, they all have cool hair. And so I'm all about cool hair. So I said, you don't worry about how cool he looks being dressed. His, now I said, grandpa, my wife thinks that's too old. So, yes, or pop or Papa, I said, I don't care what that kid calls me. They'll make up a name for me, right? Isn't that what they do? I oh, thought that's what grandchildren do. And whatever they call you, that's what you are the rest of your life. And uh, I'll tell you a story. So I know this is kind of off the cuff, but uh, that's kind of how I roll. My Aunt Carol was such a precious lady. The Lord took her home early in her 50s of cancer. But I used to laugh because my cousin Nathan which was uh, my cousin Karen, her son, when he was just a little boy, started calling my Aunt Carol, Grandma, Mamu. And I said, Aunt Carol, Mamu? She's like, but that's all he can say. I said, be careful he doesn't say Shamu. (laughs) That concerned me. And uh, so I have just learned that when we try, even with Elaine, they always say, You know, uh, Ryan's little daughter, go to Papa. You know, so say something that keeps me young and youthful, right? But if I'm Grandpa, I'll be Grandpa. I don't care. I just ask that all of you pray that God will give us a, a healthy child and that as our family grows, that his hand and his anointing will be on all of it. When we look at how our life changes, we have to realize in our walk, And in our mind and in our souls and in this world that we live in that we've dealt with shame we've dealt with some things that have kept us from being as effective as we could be in Jesus Christ can I make this personal with you you know how much time did you spend in the word this week how much time did you spend in your car praying or in your prayer closet or did you turn on yeah everybody loves their Their music, man, there's nothing like good old country music. Uh, What's country music? Boots, Scoot and Boogie and all that other stuff that's out there that people do line dances to. And some of you like that good old rock and roll, the kind of music that just soothes your soul. You know, I mean, but with me saying all that, where is that worship? Where's that praise? Where's that prayer that's coming to your life? And as we look at breaking out of prison, I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to Colossians chapter three, verse two. Colossians three, verse two. We'll be reading in Colossians this morning, and as we read, I'm probably going to uh, be reading out of my King James version versus the NLT because I like how I, I like some of the wording that's found in the King James version just as much as I like the narrative. From the NLT, but I think that I, I think it really, really speaks to us. Last week we spoke on um, letting go and having faith and walking and increasing our faith and having and believing that Jesus has the power to heal. He has the power to allow those that are lame to stand up and walk. He has the power to make those that are blind see. But he also has the power. ...to remove the sin and shame from your life. Now watch. He has the power to remove the sin and shame from your life... ...so that you can run in victory. I want a church that says... ...as Larry Melissa's shirt says... ...God is good. And He's good to us all the time. We want things to go our way. We want things to, to be done our way. We want to be in control of our finances... Of the material gain that we have. However, we have to realize that when we are surrendered and sold out for Jesus Christ, that we are saying, just as the Lord's Prayer says, as Jesus was teaching his disciples, he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, watch, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. You can turn the fans off if you would, please. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says this. Set your affection on things above. Set your sights on things above, not on things of this earth. Set your sights, set your affection. Make your mind be something that's so much more godly because we realize, as the Bible says, for for as by one man sin entered into the world, and so death was passed upon all men, for we're all sinners. We've all come to this place today because we're all sinners. Sinners. And yet here, Paul is reminding all of us that we need to set our affections on things above, not things on this earth. You see, when we start setting our affections on things of this earth, then we start losing sight of the provisions and the blessings of Almighty God. For example, when people start setting affections on things of this earth, our sights then become Oh, look what he has. Look what she has. Oh, look how he's dressed today. Look at her fancy jewelry. Well, the same Savior that I serve, the same God that I serve, says this. That I shall, my God shall supply all your needs. According to his what? Riches. Say that again. For what? Riches in? Amazing, isn't it? So church, we have not because we ask not. And so our life needs to change because as we grow in Christ, we need to start taking out more of those characteristics. What are the characteristics? They're the fruit of the Spirit, right? Right. Love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering. All the things that come together, we need to start adapting and bringing that into our marriages. Bringing that into our workplace. And you know, Satan's always there to bring up the past. Remember who you were? Remember how mad you got the last time? And it's so weird how he continues to bring that same type of situation, those same people into our life. Because he wants to see how we're going to react and respond. And so when I see here when he says, set your affection, don't you love the word affection? You know, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. You know, if we set all of our affection, when I show or demonstrate affection to my beautiful wife, the woman that I love with all my heart, when I show her affection, and you boys better listen up closely. That's why I love being the pastor. You know, I'm just kidding. When you show affection, you show respect and honor. You show love. You demonstrate that love and that attitude and that gratitude to the one that you're with. So if I love Christ, then my affections need to be more kingdom-minded. We've missed it in our life because... We don't practice that faith because I don't know that we believe what we have. Have what your faith expects. Many of us we do wake up with that poor old man, me mentality. I've got so many problems. And you heard me say it last week, and I'm not gonna go back, but you know, I I, I know my marriage is not where it should be. I know my relationship isn't where it should be. I know that. That my finances aren't where they should be. But church, I'm here to tell you that faith is the substance of things. Ho- what? And? And evidence of things not seen. What kind of faith? And even though it says now faith is a substance, it's got to have something. Right? We've, and, and in our world, we have a difficult time in our Christian life because we want to see it. You know, it's interesting to me because I know where I came from. I know where our church started from. I know what it was like to stand behind a music stand. I really do believe that this pulpit should probably be in my casket when I die. This pulpit has traveled with me for 15 years. It's and it's not my idol, but I've carried this pulpit from church to church to location to location to location, and I love this pulpit. They even cut it for me, and we had to match this cross up here and cut the edges so it looks so cool. I'm like, they're like, Pastor, do you want a new pulpit up? No. Do you want that fancy acrylic pulpit? No. No, I, I like this works for me, and it's special to me. But this reminds me of faith. It reminds me that even though people told me that that our ministry would never make it, that you won't make it a week, you won't make it six weeks, you won't make it six... Well, who says that to people? The people that have not set their affections on the kingdom. They haven't set their affections on Christ. And yet when I stand up here every week, I am humbled that I get to use the same pulpit. And it's a reminder to me what faith is truly about. I did not see that we would be on a 10-acre property That we would have a parsonage. I didn't see Pastor Alley living up front here. I didn't see the coolest pavilion in all of Northeastern Ohio. Amen. Amen. Come on. That's what I'm saying. Preach it, brother. And you guys did this because God gives us visions. Who would have ever thought, and this isn't part of my message, but I'm just trying to teach you how to break out of your self-imposed prison. Here's the illustration if I would have believed what other people told me, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. If people would have said, you'll never make it, your walk is terrible, guess what? You're on drugs. I don't trust you. You just wait. You'll trip up again. You're on drugs. Man, look at that person. They have a hang-up. You'll trip up again. If we had that kind of mentality and we believed what other people said, we'd stay in that shame. Shame. We'd stay in that sin. We would stay defeated. But you know what, church? Here's the exciting point to this message today. Jesus. 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 There's something special about that name. And there's something special about Jesus Christ. We can't go where we need to go without Jesus I want to read with you if you would here in Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 11 Even though I highlighted verse number 2 I want to read with you 1 through 11 Look at this if you then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God Set your affection Set your mind, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12. Set your affections, your mind, on things above, not things on this earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. It says there in verse 5, mortify. I love that word, mortify, and I, I kind of brought that up last week. But mortify, it means to put to death. Something to mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication and cleanliness, inordinate affection. And that inordinate affection means put aside your passions, evil, evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry. In verse six, for which things' sake the wrath of God come unto the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But now you are also put off all these. And this is simple. Put all these things off. Take them off. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcised, barbarian... Siconian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. Amen? Amen? One of the common slogans among men and women that have been behind bars, and there was a book that was actually written that says, you've got nothing coming. You've got nothing coming. It's a sad, hopeless statement. And what it does, it robs the inmates that are in prison of what little hope they have left. And they're told, listen, You can't make it. You have no income. Your kids are embarrassed to say that they are related to you. Your wife isn't coming to see you and you will probably divorce you before too long. Nothing is going to change in your life. And just don't expect anything any better. You're getting what you deserve. You've got nothing coming. Sadly, many people on the outside are living behind those same self-imposed bars. ...in prisons of their own making... ...and have succumbed to the same type of thinking. This is the best you can expect. It isn't going to get any better. So you might as well just sit down... ...keep quiet, endure it. Welcome to your cesspool of misery. No! No! No, you don't have to live like that. You can break out of that prison... You can break free. The door is unlocked. All you have to do is start expecting good things in your life and start believing that God will give you a great future because you do have great things coming. Listen, church, it says put off all these things, shed them. You know, you're sitting in just this little brick mortar of a room, you're behind these bars, you're imprisoned. And every time you make a mistake, you go back to the very place that you broke free. But because of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed upon Calvary, we now have freedom and hope, and He opened up that door for us to walk out and now walk over here in the newness of Christ. See, we have that great privilege as believers. But we've let go of it and we've started to believe so much of what the world has to offer us. Social media, Twitter, Instagram, blah, 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 and more blah, blah. I don't know what all those other things are. I don't even want to be on any of that stuff. I have them on Facebook, and that's enough for me all in a day. But I'm here to tell you, church, you do have good things coming. God has great things in store for you. So I'm going to ask you, where's your faith? When things look bad. When you're discouraged or depressed, pray, God, I know that you're in control. Even though this looks impossible today is the day things turn around for me. Things are going to turn around. Today I'm waking up with favor. Today there's, I'm expecting that goodness and mercy are going to follow me. Today's favor surrounds me. My job is looking better. I know this might sound simple to you, but I always pray when I go to a parking lot. Especially if it's raining. Oh, God, may I be found in your favor. Please open up a parking spot for me right up front. Even yesterday, what did I say, Ryan? I said, look, God opened up this parking space for us. The only one left. Right in front. Waiting for us to pull right in that spot. Listen, if you wake up every day with mediocrity, that's what you're going to get. I wake up every day saying, God, what can I do to serve you? How can I serve you? How can I bend the knee to you? How can I worship you and praise you? How can I just, Lord, I want to embrace you. I love this story and I want to read this too. It's about a story by the name of Brian. (laughs) He felt as though his world was crumbling. Business went bankrupt. He lost his family through divorce. His health was deteriorating. And yet a successful man now no joy, he had no peace, no peace. He had no zip in his walk, no pep in his talk. And his buddy said to him, he said, hey, Brian, I love you, buddy, but you've got to stop focusing on all the negative. Stop looking at everything you lost and look at what you've got left. Brian's friend challenged him with some hope. Start believing for all the things that are going to change for the better. Not because you deserve it. Not because you deserve it, but simply because God loves you that much. Because He cares for you. And it was right then He changed His spirit. He changed His attitude. And all those things that that He was going through, He said, you know what? I'm going to change. And so He said, I'm going to encourage you with ten things that will encourage you. That you need to be thankful for. Just write them down every day. What are ten things, church, that you could write down every day that you're thankful for? I say to Ryan all the time, Ryan, I don't know what was poured into your cup. But the world is not half empty. It's half full. Start looking at the world half full. God is for you. He's not against you. Because he loves you and you're his child. He cares for you. He cares for your marriage. He cares for your kids. He cares for your finances. He loves you. I know. I lived it. Listen. Just as Brian would go over his list, he would go over his habits. He went from day to day, week to week. And he started thinking, okay, here's the ten things that I can be thankful for. Brian's life turned around. And suddenly he got his joy back, his health, his vitality returned, his job back and restored his relationships. What was Brian actually doing? Brian was doing exactly what Romans 12, 1 and 2 say to do. He was reprogramming his mind. He was breaking out of those old negative habits. He was developing a healthy attitude of faith. My dad died, and when dad died, it was one of the most darkest times of my life. Death is not good. You have to actually tell yourself, listen, it's okay, self. You'll never see him again, but you've got to tell yourself it's okay. But if he's a believer, you'll see him again, and you'll be able to walk the streets of gold together again. You'll be able to reunite. You'll see him in the sweet Beulah land. And so you start telling yourself all these things. Death is inevitable and it's unavoidable. And I'll never forget, Dad passed. And within a month's time, listen, the church was new. We'd only been around for two years. And I remember waking up and I was depressed and it was dark and it was gloomy. And I got a phone call. And one of my big cleaning accounts said, well, we won't need you any longer. We found somebody, I don't like to use the word cheap, but less expensive. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Just remember, it's not about the quantity, the amount of money that you spend. It's about the quality of service that is provided. We often forget that, don't we? And so that happened, and a few days went by, and another phone call came. How weird was this? Hi, Todd. Um, we don't need your services any longer. Okay. Click. And a few more days went by, and company number three said, Todd, we don't need your services any longer. I had to, like, I was like, what just happened to me? Okay, so dad died last week, and within a month's time, I lost the income, I had lost my father. I had lost my sense of security, which was financial. But I didn't lose that one important thing that was so valuable, valuable to me. Jesus. 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 And that morning, after 30 days of sulking, of being discouraged and depressed, Have you been there? Do you understand what that's like? You lose your job, and you're like, how am I going to pay my bills? Well, what's going to happen next? You know, so I'm already facing grief in my life, and now I'm facing this over here. Dad was young, and I thought he'd be here forever. And, you know, my dad was a great provider. He was a hardworking man. And I always felt like, you know, if I ever needed him, he'd always be there for me. I loved that. Until that morning when I woke up, and here's what God said to me, and I've never looked back. He said, good morning, Todd. I don't know if it was kind of like that. But he said, get up and get going. Don't look back. I'm the father to the fatherless. And I paused. And as I sat there on my bed, I went, carry the two. Father to the fatherless. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. You mean that he becomes the father, the provider, the lover, the one who shows me affection and. Woo! My father owns a cattle on a Thousand Hill and has more money, more accounts than anybody could even fathom or imagine. And so, guess what happened? I got up, walked over to my stereo that was in the corner, popped in my music, was worshiping, walked in the shower, was praising the Lord, getting all cleaned up, went in my walked-in closet, put my clothes on, walked outside, got in my car, drove down the road, said, I'm going cold calling. Guess who's on my side? Jesus is. Dropped off a brochure, dropped off a brochure. You know, you do all those little things like, Hi, my name is Todd. I'm a professional cleaning company. We specialize in janitorial custodial cleaning. And we're here to meet all of your company's needs. Excuse me, sir. Did you notice outside that it says no soliciting? I'm not soliciting. I'm just here to sell you a service. You need a cleaning company. See, look at the dust. (laughs) So anybody that works for me knows I'm always digging for dirt. Dig for dirt, they need you. Well, I went home. Becky's like, so how'd everything go today? I go, great. Remember who my father is? He's my provider. Bam, 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 bam. Company called. A Company called. And he gave me double for my trouble. And you know what? I had a pep in my step. I had some zip in my walk. And I was glorifying, I was praising, and I I knew then. It hit me for the first time in my life. Who do you think you are? And I went, I'm a child of the Most High God. That's who I am. That's the Savior that we all serve. You're a child of the Most High God. Praise His name. Right? We have a lot to be thankful for. So, church, much like Brian he stopped focusing on what he didn't have or what he had lost. And all of his past mistakes, all of his past failures, instead he started dwelling on the goodness of God. He filled his mind with thoughts of hope, thoughts of faith, and victory. Now let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 17. It says in verse 12, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. woohoo." Yeah, you're a big deal. You are the child of the Most High God. Holy and beloved. Humbleness of mind. Meekness. Long-suffering. Look, it says, Forbearing bearing with one another and forgiving one another, even if many have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. I sure wish those in the political circles would understand verse 13. I just have to throw that in there. It's, you know, get to the polls and vote. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on love, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, which is the binding together. And then in verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you are called in one body to be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Change who you are for Christ, not what you want to be. But I'm encouraging you to put away the old man. Now, if faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen, church, where is your faith? Can you or will you believe that God can not change who you are? Do you believe that? Okay, so let's look at John. So we go back to John. I want to look at John chapter 20. And then we'll be closing. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. I'm going to say something, and and as you're turning to John, I'm going to tell you about a young man who really likes my daughter. She's our youngest daughter, and her name is Lindsay. And there's a guy who's head over heels for her. And I really like this guy. And so he better walk worthy of dating my daughter. And he's sitting in the front row up here with a peach a sweatshirt on, and he better sit there, amen, he better sit there, even if she isn't here, if he wants to win her heart, but at first, you know, she had been with her past boyfriend for six years, and you know, this cool dude came in, another cool guy with some swag hair, and, and uh, came into her life, and we're all like, oh, we just really love this guy because we're, we're on uh, FaceTime Live, and people are, are watching I want to be careful how I say your name, Joe. But, um, but anyhow, but we would tell him when she's like, well, I'm just not into dating. You know what we told him? Change your mindset, didn't we? Change your mindset, change your focus, change your heart. Go after what you want. And if that's what you want, then go after it. Now I'm going to share something. He may not really know about this. She says last week, ooh, hmm. wow, he's so smart. He's a hard worker. He's intelligent. I think she says that because you help her with some of her college paperwork. I know, I know. He's going to school to be a physician's assistant. So you might go in there at one point and he'll be, you know, checking your pulse or something. I don't know. But, uh, but I know, yeah, just like that, just like that right? <laughs> He's like, I didn't learn that in clinicals. But anyhow, he's a senior, you know, right now at the University of Akron. And uh, so I, I'm very proud of Joe. Joe's been around our family, and so we know him. But, you know, everybody always says, oh, you don't want to date a friend. He's just a friend. And, uh, no, that's what you want to do. You want to get to know somebody date a friend. But you have to have a sense of faith and expectancy and know that God is going to change your circumstances. So, you know, Joe, where was your faith? We sat around, uh, around the campfire and talked when he was telling us how he just had this undying love for her. She was the prettiest girl on all the earth. I said, you better think that. That's all i got to say, buddy. I tell every one of them, if you are not madly in love with my daughter, and that's every one of them, you'll have me to contend with. All right? I'm telling you. Because you haven't seen that other side of me. But here I, I started noticing that even with Thomas. Watch how this unfolds. This is a story about a man named Thomas who was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, and he doubted and had a hard time believing. So here's what it says in John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. But Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Verse 26, it says, And after eight days again his disciples were with him, and Thomas with them. And came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace, peace be unto you. Then says he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And listen, I don't want you to be an unbeliever. You don't have to worry about it. Do not be faithless, but be a believer. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you now believe. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And church, I plead with you to not miss your opportunity to come to Jesus because of what you cannot see. Come to Him and understand. And and then in verse 30 it says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in the book, but there are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through His name. Some people think they would believe in Jesus if they could just see a definite sign or miracle. But Jesus said that we are blessed if we can believe without seeing. Do you want me to repeat that? I figured. Thanks for for asking me. But Jesus said we are blessed if we can believe without seeing. We have all the proof we need in the words of the Bible and many testimonies of believers. A physical appearance would not make Jesus any more real to us than he is right now. Amen? So I want you to think of something. If you can see it, if you can see it, then you can be it. Then you'll achieve it. If you can see it, then you can be it. Then you'll achieve it. Seeing things through God's word with your spiritual eyes, it can be a reality in your life. Here at New Hope, I talk about God's stories all the time. What is your God story? And what is that God story? Well, when Steve came on as the treasurer, he's very detailed. He's an engineer. Numbers are his thing. And, And in the very beginning, the same thing was with George. He said, this can't work. I mean how can we afford this and this isn't computing and this isn't calculating and the numbers just don't work and i remember when steve told me and he and we quote what george said don't look at the numbers because you can't believe them well you know as as he said here at our our church dedication our 15-year anniversary when we got that pavilion i called him up on the phone and i said well i'm here with a couple of the deacons there was pat and ron and we're all up there looking at this pavilion my wife and and, and I said, and I just talked with the deacons, and, and uh, we're looking at this pavilion that's $15,000. He's like, well, pastor, just go by faith. You know, we can do this, and we can do that. Well, the fifteen turned into 50000 because we decided to get concrete, and then we decided to landscape, and then we decided to put a fireplace over there, and we decided to do all the cool things that take place, and it all costs money, right? But church, God put a vision in my heart. And that same day that I was sitting on the side of my bed and he reminded me that he was the father to the fatherless was the same Jesus that says, Remember, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come unto the Father but by me, through me, and in me. Guess what, church? He gave me a vision. We were faithful, and we owe no debt on that. That is totally paid for by the congregation of New Hope. Amen? Why? Why? Why does that happen? Because God is the father to the fatherless, and we don't have to live a mediocrity. We don't have to live where people say, you can't do that. You don't have the funds. Do you know who I am? I'm a child of the Most High God. I have favor all over me. My God owns mansions over a hilltop. Remember, in my Father's house are many... And He has all we need. Why do we lack in our faith? If you can see it, then you can be it. Then you'll achieve it. And in closing, I would like to say this. God is extremely interested in what you see through your spiritual eyes. God is actually more interested in what you see through your spiritual eyes. Do you know seven times in Scripture, He asks, what do you see? What do you see? God is saying something similar to us today. If you have a vision of victory for your life, you can rise to a new level. But as long as you have your head down, with your gaze, with your eyes on the ground instead of looking at your possibilities, you run into the risk of moving into the wrong direction and missing out on the great things God wants to do in and through you. Do you believe that this morning? If you're walking around with your gaze on the ground, wow, doesn't that really... Just think about that. You're not looking forward. You're not breaking free because you just keep your head So what about you? When you look into your future, setting your sights on things above, what do you see? What do you see? Do you see yourself even stronger? Do you see yourself better? Do you see yourself healthier? Can you see yourself happier? Your life, Filled with God's blessings and favor and victory. If you can see it, then it will come to pass. I promise you. I was, we were on a deck. Then we were at the YMCA. Then we were at this court cultural center. Do you understand? They said in both those places, the YMCA and Broad Boulevard, That'll never happen. There's already a church in there. And then the Court Cultural Center. You've heard the story, and I'm not going there because I'm closing. But they said, uh, we've never rented to a church and uh, you know, venue area where they have wedding receptions and in the conference area. When we got to Riverside Drive and there was this beautiful church building, uh, you'll never get it. I had a couple banks tell me, you've only been around. Todd, for nine months. And churches are so hard to get financing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to take you back to a bedroom where I'm sitting on the bed. And God spoke and He said, Do you know who I am? I'm your Father. I'm the Father to the fatherless. Remember, Todd, how you felt when you were empty? when you lost your dad and you lost that money and that income and now I'm wearing out my knees again and I'm asking God to provide all my needs according to his riches and glory because I was setting my affections on him but I, I almost lost it I almost lost it because I forgot and in the midst of my own grief and mourning I started looking at things on this earth instead of things in heaven and it hit me Oh, no, you didn't. Get behind me, Satan, for today thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. Oh, here's what I did. I looked at every one of them. When I talked to Adam at the, at the YMCA, and I know this sounds like it's arrogant, but it's not arrogant. And you all know what I say to people. Do you know who I am exactly, CJ? You see, I'm a big deal. I'm a prince in the kingdom. I'm a child of the Most High God we ended up going to the YMCA at the Core Cultural Center. This will never happen. And I looked at that woman and said, do you know who I am? I'm a big deal. I'm a prince. To the prince of peace, to the king of kings and lord of lords. And he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah. Today, I hope she's still remembering that story. I hope she's still remembering that testimony. See, that's why we have God's stories. And when the realtor said, oh, they're never going to let you do a land contract on Riverside Drive I said do you know who I am <laughs> I'm a big deal and when he came back and he said well, I've never seen this before they all said they weren't going to do it and now they're doing it and then we came over here to beautiful Talmadge, Ohio million dollar property and some said well pastor what do you think well this is what I loved I had a congregation, I had a board of deacons and trustees and a treasurer, and they said, well, go for it. I made an appeal to the guy. But what was great was that was just my testing. Because I knew exactly how to speak to the ECC Association to make an appeal to say, can you do something for me? I need a favor from you. And I didn't have to look at it and say, I'm a big deal. God already spoke to the man. That's what's cool. If you're alone and you feel empty and you feel like there's no hope where you're at or what you're going through, church, I'm here to encourage you that there is hope. Don't ever think you can't start over again. I've started over how many times in New Hope? Thank God I didn't have to stay back on a deck. Because somebody said, you'll never get in the YMCA. You'll never get to the Court Cultural Center. You'll never get to Riverside Drive. You'll never get to 226 Southeast Avenue. It's never going to happen. Praise God. I know that all things are possible with a God that provides all my needs. Amen? And he'll do the same thing for you. So, church, great things I leave you with this challenge. I want you to soar like an eagle. I encourage you to soar like an eagle. But don't cluck like a chicken. You know what chickens do? They stay on the ground. Do you know they have the capability of flying? And you know what ends up happening? They stop. Because they think they belong right in that chicken coop. And there's a couple of them that know they can fly and get up on that fence. But they start looking up just like a chicken little. They start looking up and they start seeing things flying around. I want you to know that you don't have to live your life no longer behind bars and chains. You're free. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, He's the only way that you'll ever become free in your Christian life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you receive it today? I encourage you to soar like an eagle and not cluck like a chicken. Don't stay on the ground. Rise up, church. Rise up. Let's all stand as we pray. Father, we come before you today, Lord, and we're grateful that you've, Lord, just blessed those that are here. Father, we thank you that, Lord, you've shown yourself. God, you know I'm not bragging. I'm celebrating, and I just thank you that when, when I look at your word and there's promises in that word that says that you've given us power in the name of Jesus to do your work. God, I ask that, that many of us that have doubted the power that you've given to us, maybe they've lacked in their own faith. Maybe they've been running afraid and fearful. But God, thank you for the doors of opportunity. Thank you that those... Those cell doors came swinging wide open. And Lord, as we step out, that we start seeing things differently. God, there's many in this room that continue to keep living a life that they don't believe that they can go in a different direction. That they're just lacking in their hope their trust, and their faith. God, you know who they are. So this morning, I ask that you'll stir within their spirit to set their sights, set their heart, set their affections on things above, not things of this earth. Help us, Lord, to continue to increase in our faith and decrease in our will. Lord, speak to your people today. And if there's somebody here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, maybe there's healing that needs to take place. God, whatever it might be, Lord, I pray that you will speak to that person and heal them in the name of Jesus. Free them in the name of Jesus. And above all, Lord, we know you came, you died, and you rose to give us life. Help us, Father, to soar like an eagle and not walk around like a chicken. In your name we pray.